It is Shabbat, Baruch Hashem, Yahweh, and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. You're still out there, I'm still in here, and he's gathering us from the nations, and Zion is descending into my heart, and I pray into your heart this Sabbath. We're in Revelation chapter 14, this is part B. Thank all of you in the chat, all of our subscribers. Hit that subscription button right now. And of course, give us the thumbs up. We love the thumbs up. All of you that do support this ministry through your giving, thank you. Thank you so, so very much. It is truly a blessing and an honor in these days and times to be able to proclaim the word of Yahweh. Say hi to everybody in the chat. Be blessed. It is fellowship time and it is the word of Yahweh time. Revelation chapter 14. We're jumping off where we left last week. You may remember I spoke about the distinction between the book of the law and the book of the covenant and how in Isaiah chapter 66 we see the eschatological future in our very, very present time of how Yahweh is gathering us in fulfillment of the promise given to Abram in chapter 12 from the nations and that we are being gathered with the Levites as equal heirs in the kingdom, which was impossible under the book of the law, showing that the book of the covenant is our eschatological future and our very presence. The nations are in turmoil. They're in turmoil right now. And it's only going to get worse. We've got 13 weeks till chaos. But this is a message of hope. Don't be despondent. I'm just warning you and preparing you. But we do have the hope of the kingdom. And we do have the promise of the gathering. So in light of everything that's going on and the fact that we are in Revelation, and I love apocalyptic literature, it's not going to be a message of despondency and a lack of hope. It is going to be a message which is going to balance hope with our present circumstances and reality and what I believe that we need to prepare for over the next coming 12 to 13 weeks. Remember the 14th chapter. And I looked and I saw a lamb that stood on Mount Zion. And with him, one hundred and forty-four thousand Israelites, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And last week, we jumped off on this gathering from the promise given to Abraham or Abram back in Genesis 12:3. And remember what it said there. This is all this week's teaching and last week is about the hope of gathering from the nations. But whilst Yahweh has a plan of gathering, the nations will have to face a judgment. And this is where we see our present day reality. So it really is the juxtaposition between judgment on the nations, the nations in their death throes trying to flip the script, 
and then Yahweh pulling his people out through the gathering and promise and fulfillment of Genesis 12. Now Yahweh said to Avram, get out of your country and from your mishpochah and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a goy gadol, a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a bracha, a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in you shall all the mishpocha of the earth be lachach, be mingled. We looked at that word last week. But in the Hebrew from Genesis chapter 12, reading from right to left, we come to the fifth word, which is v'nivrechu. And the Hebrew word translated as blessed in the Hebrew is this ve-nivrechu, or ve-nivrechu. And of all the times blessing is actually intended in the text, the word generally used is barach, or yivrechu, or a variant of that ya Verech. Sometimes you get that variant Barach for blessing. But after Yahweh uses the other forms of the word blessing, like Va'arvarecha, and I will bless, or Mevarecha, one blessing you, he then switches right here within the text, within the very same verse, and he uses the Nivrechu. The nivrechu, because he's describing something different. Something specifically on how he's going to fulfill his promises to Abram. Why did he switch to a particular Hebrew word? When you've got all kinds of variants of it, but he deliberately switches when it comes to the blessing of the promise to Abram, he switches to the nivrechu. You see, we're going to have to dig down just a little bit below the surface and we will find something absolutely amazing that appeared in Isaiah 66 that then will help us have understanding of what's going on here in Revelation 14 and what's going to be happening in Revelation 17. So bear with me as I unpack this. We have to look at this root word, bet, resh, kaf, barach, which is used most often when we come to blessing. Barach, blessing, bet, resh, kaf. But nivrechu, which is the difference and the distinction that I want to hone on, it only appears three times in the whole of the Tanakh. Only three times in the whole of the Old Testament. Here in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, in Genesis chapter 18, verse 18, and then you find it in Genesis chapter 28, verse 14. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Genesis 18, verse 18. 
and Genesis 28 verse 14. And every single time, every single time, it speaks of how Abraham is going to affect the nations through the Malkizedic covenants of promise. Why is this so important right now? Yahweh has a plan to save us from the nations. The plan has been prophesied and set in motion since Genesis chapter 12. Esaitan has tried to circumvent this plan for the whole history of Israel. The prophets came along and said, no, return to the plan. No, return to the plan. No, return to the plan. But they wouldn't listen, so they ended up going into Babylon. Finally, Yahushua comes along and does the work of redemption, so we can return to the plan, return to the plan. And the plan is about to be birthed right in our days and our time. Yahuwah's plan is coming to its fulfillment And so what's happening? The Luciferic occult world. Because S.A. Tan in Matthew chapter 4, when he tried to test Yahushua, where did he go? He tried to flip the script. He knew the plans of Yahuwah, yet he tried to flip the script on the sun. That's what's happening now. As the nations are in chaos. Because they are trying to flip the script. Because this is what is really happening. And they want all of us to go down on their sinking ship. But Yahuwah has another plan for us. Yahuwah has another plan and it is set Better than in stone, because if it was set in stone, then you'd build a golden calf, you idiots. It is set in the Savior's blood. It is done. It is finished. And I am an inheritor of it, and so are you. So no matter how crazy, it's going to get crazy in the next 12 weeks. It's going to be okay. How are you? Good, long time no see. Did you come in on your skateboard? Okay, good. Look, let me get back to it here. I think. Got thrown off by skateboard warrior here. Without his skateboard. It's about the intermingling and the grafting in. The Hebrew word, nevrachu. Now, in its root, yes, you can see barak, blessing. But Yahuwah uses nevrachu. And literally it can read, and in you all nations will be born through mixing. All nations will be born through mixing. What's this BLM all about? Absolute separating and division. Well, Yahuwah says, truly, you're going to be born through mixing. So, flip the script. You've got to try and divide, 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 right? But then look. 
The Art Scroll series, some of you may have that in your libraries, in five places this word is translated mixed or grafted. Even the sages of old, they would see that the Hebrew for blessed is usually translated, you know, Barak or Yivrechu, but it's, it's not translated Nivrechu, Nivrechu, using the first letter Yod rather than the noon. But here we have the noon. You see, Paul frames this whole thing for us with the Galatians. Because in Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, he spoke about what? Their failures under the book of the law. And he names it out. But right in Galatians 3, verse 29, when he had just got speaking about the book of the law, Paul says this, if, if, it's a big if, if you are Messiahs, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the Nivrechu, the promise, the promise called out. This confirms the mingling, the Nivrechu or the Lachak that we saw in Isaiah 66, where he calls the Gentiles the grafted in physical seed of Abraham. This is the direct fulfillment of the ve-nivrechu, the blessing of multiplicity that we find in Genesis 12, verse 3, and the lachak that we look at last week, the lachak in the vision of Isaiah. Because Isaiah envisions the fulfillment of the Genesis 12, 3 prophecy in the eschatological future, the ve-nivrechu, which he says is the lachak, the mingling of the Gentiles. This next phrase is key. The mingling of the Gentiles together with the Levite peoples. Was that possible in the book of the law? Never. So it tells us that this is a book of the covenant eschatological future that we need to be living today presently, which is why this ministry continues to teach the Malkitzedic book of the covenant. Because this is always about and has always been about equality and equity before Yahuwah. And this can only happen with the return of the Malkitzedic reality with the nations joining us as priests. But you can't do it outside of the blood. It can only be in the blood. And then, if that happens, you're called what? A Kadosh people, a holy nation, or Am Kadosh the holy people, the covenant nation that is promised by Yahuwah. It's about a restoration in my life, a restoration in your life. And the nations are in despair, but we're having a restoration in our lives. And it may seem challenging out there, but this is what restoration looks like. If you want to try and restore some furniture, um, you've got to scrape off the old before you can put on the new. Well, that's what's happening. This is the pressing. This is the refiner's fire that we're in right now. 
Don't listen to the narrative of the nations because they're lost. But we are being trained up and transformed in these days, in these times, to stand. To stand, just as in days before. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 26, which ties in with Revelation 14, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free. Mount Zion above that is descending is free. There's no lockdown in Zion above. There's no lockdown in Jerusalem that's free. There's no bloody quarantine in Jerusalem that's free of where I live and dwell with humanity. But they want you to trade it for the Jerusalem that now is, that is dying, as it was in Paul's day. They want you to think that's your only option. That's your only hope. Because they're forcing it in your face. It's all that you see. It's all that you hear. It's all that you can smell and touch. And it stinketh. But when we get into prayer, when we get into the word of Yahweh, we can pray down the Jerusalem above that lets us walk freely because we are not of the Jerusalem that now is, that is perishing and about to fall apart within the next 13 weeks. In the eschatological consummation, we're not going to leave here and fly into heaven by some pre-tribulation rapture, but rather the heavenly Jerusalem will descend to earth and Yahweh will dwell among his bride, his people. He's preparing us for something so special, so great. And by the way, the 144,000 is the same company that we saw in Revelation chapter 7. The redeemed, the first fruits of Yahuwah. This is the beginning. The whole harvest is about, is about to follow. This is the shaking of the nations. This is the initial stage of which the saints constitute the whole. So it's crazy out there, but I am somewhat excited about what future we have. That's the good news. But, and you've got to watch out for those big parts, don't you? We've got to endure what is about to happen. Because if Yahweh's plan is to bless by gathering from the nations using the ve-nivrechu, then wouldn't the variant, the barak, the variant, the barak, want to cut in at the very root and flip the Holy Script. Just thinking. Just thinking. And that leads us to today. And it leads us into the next 13 weeks. So hold on tight. Now remember, you can tune in on BitChute if they take us down. So we'll throw that banner up and now hold on tight because it's going to be a wild ride. You see, in Jeremiah 
From nation to nation, there's going to be a cutting through the flesh of the nations. There's going to be a cutting and a piercing of the flesh. We are entering into Yahweh's controversy with the nations whilst he simultaneously pulls you and me out from them. That's the dichotomy. And in the midst of all of this, whilst Yahweh is using the Nivrachu to pull us out, Satan, just like he did in Matthew 4, is taking the Holy Scriptures, trying to flip the script, and he's going to use the Barak to cut at the root, the variant of the Ve Nivrachu. What do I mean? Look. Behind the scenes, Barack Obama has been working with the DNC and TIFA and BLM to fund the, defund the police. Why? Because they're doing or preparing to do in the next 13 weeks what they did in the Balkans in the 90s. What do I mean? When I was a young man... I went on holiday to the former Yugoslavia, to, to, Bru to Dubrovnik. Beautiful. A lot of Europeans used to go there on their summer holidays, used to get out on the pedal boats and enjoy it. Beautiful. Dubrovnik, right there on the Mediterranean. Then all of a sudden, you had the Balkans Wars. What did they do? They go in, They destabilize and defund the local police, whether it was in the former Yugoslavia, Bosnia, in the cities, Sarajevo, and Kosovo, all of those areas. And then once they have defunded and broken down the local police force, who comes in? NATO comes in and is then the enforcement agency, and then the war crimes begin sanctioned under color of law. Under color of law. The pawns that can't think for themselves because they do not have critical thinking, they just follow orders. Oh, it's an executive order. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, the mayor said so. Oh, okay. All under color of law, the war crimes begin. This has already happened. It already played out perfectly in their sinister, despicable minds in the 90s. And now they're going to do it over here. They're going to try and bring in UN troops and NATO in the next 13 weeks. And they're beginning 
That's what this BLM and defunding the police is, because that's the first step before you bring in the war crimes and you can implement them under color of law. What do I mean? Look up Title 18, Section 241 and Section 242. That's what these executive orders are violating. That's what these mayors are violating. Look up Title 42, Section 1983 and 1985. That's what these mayors and that's what these governors are violating. And that's why we are in the front lines here in Oregon, in Portland, on why the president has taken homeland into Portland because he's like, you guys are coloring law. You're conspiring against the federal government and he's going to come in and clean it up because you guys are preparing to bring in NATO and the UN into the cities. And this is a last-ditch attempt to try and get order because there's going to be chaos if they color law in violation of the United States codes. That's what's happening. And the pawns are just following the orders. They're not questioning. Just in the days of Daniel, the music's going to start playing. Everybody better bow down, mask up, and do whatever your master... The music's playing. Oh, but there's a few people that are standing. They will not take the knee on the sports field. I will only bow before my Yahuwah. I only kneel before my Elohim, says the people of Yah. And all of a sudden, you become a target in a depraved world that is coloring law. It is getting bananas because this is all part. They did it in the 90s in the Balkans. Sarajevo, the former Yugoslavia, Bosnia, Kosovo, take over the local police and secure the populace with NATO and then implement war crimes under color of law. Do you realize NATO, the war crimes that they committed? And they were accusing the other side. Just like in the Second World War. You can accuse the Germans of all kinds of heinous crimes, and yes, they did them. But when you incinerate 100,000 women and children and civilians in a night in Dresden, that is called a war crime. Just as equal, but nobody talks about that, you see. And then if I talk, oh, he's a Nazi, he's white, he's got to be a racist, oh my goodness. Oh, I mean, this is the insanity of the world. Some of you find that very funny. Others find it extremely offensive. It's the culture of shut up to try and silence you.
You see, the president is making a counterattack right now here in Oregon, here in Portland, by bringing in homeland security, and it's playing right out on our streets. Jeremiah 25, verse 29, turn with me there. Woo! Get down! Some fizz, see? Well, I love this stuff. Then I said to them, what is the high place where you are going? And so the name of it is called the Bama Shrine of Idols up to this day. Bama, Bet Mem Chay. It means high place of Baal. It means an artificial and elevated position an artificial position of office where you use that position to color law and be tyrants to the pawns that are unquestioning. And one attains this position through artificial and untruthful means. See, I'm still fully convinced that Obama was born in Kenya. I don't care if that offends you. I'm fully convinced. So what would you call me? Oh, a Bertha, right? Shut up. All the facts point to it. But then, let's call you a name. Because we don't want to hear what you've got to say. It doesn't work on me. It actually causes me to go, oh, there's something here. <laughs> oh, 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 I see. You call me a name because you don't like truth or because you want me to back down. Okay, we're on to something here. That means I've got to stand. That means I have to stand stronger. That means I've got to get a spine, right? You see? One attains this position through artificial, untruthful means. Look in Luke chapter 10, verse 18. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. The Hebrew word there for lightning is Barak. Is Barak. Isaiah 14, verse 14. Lucifer, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. But the heights, the word for heights here in the Hebrew is Bama. Make the connection. It's pretty easy to do because by joining the two words lightning and heights together in the Hebrew with the Hebrew wa or the vav, it can be translated quite literally as O, as in Barack Obama, who is working behind the scenes with the DNC to destabilize this nation to bring in NATO and UN troops by December. Just in case you're wondering. And where did all those blackberries go? You know, the ones that were... Uh, all supposed to be encrypted. And whatever happened to the email service? You see, that all went away. Now, I want to know. 
I want to see those blackberries that they were all using. I'd like to get into that data, wouldn't you? That metadata. Barak is the Hebrew's um, Strong's number 1288. Bet, Gresh, Kaf, It means to bow the knee, to buckle at the knee. And Strong's number 1118, Bimal, means son of. And it ends with an additional Lamed only. Otherwise, it's spelt the same as Bama. Bet, Mem, It's all right there within the text. Has been forever. You see, the last generation, even to this day, will live within a ruling system of leadership that bows the knee to the sons of the offspring of Baal. And that's what you're seeing right now. You better bow the knee to the executive order. You better bow the knee to what the mayor says. You better bow the knee to... You know what that notice says on the door of the grocery store? You better do it. And if not... Oh, you... Oh, okay, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 whatever you need. Yeah, yeah. Bowing the knee to every single sign posted on every single store door before you enter. Bowing the knee to every whimsical, panic-stricken command of your libtard masters as they work the arsenal of coloring law with their black-robed, prophets of Baal just as they did in the days of Daniel the system of rulership that has turned its back on the creator Yahweh and it's turned to the gods of their fathers communism Marxism and the slaying of the creator God that's what they've done that's what they've done We are Yahweh's people. We are Israel. We are Israelites. And we offer sacrifices, sacrifices of praise, which is the fruit of the lips of confessing his name, Yahweh, before the nations. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. We only bow before Yahweh. We only take the knee before Yahweh. And we color no law we follow the Torah of Yahweh which is beautiful and guards us and points us to the prophetic future of which is unraveling right before our eyes it's pretty stupendous it's pretty magnificent in the midst because I feel I don't know about you I feel empowered and stronger and stronger in my faith as the people become more fearful, more kowtow and bowing to everything. And I stand out more and more and more and more. And it's becoming easier and easier to walk strong with a strong vision because the divide is becoming so much larger. It is going to be so much easier for Yahweh to pick his people right out from the midst. So much easier. The gathering is so much easier because the multitude have gone the other way. 
Enter through the narrow gate. For broad is the road and wide is the gate that leads to NATO and the United Nations and the FEMA camps. But narrow is the gate that leads to Mount Zion descending into my life and your life and a place prepared for us in the wilderness. Get ready. The next 13 weeks are going to be exciting. They're going to be scary, but it's going to be okay. Because Yahuwah has got us in the palm of his hand. And it's nothing that our people haven't gone through before. We've dealt with pharaohs, we've dealt with Nebuchadnezzars, and we can deal with Barack Obama and those in the DNC, the deep state working behind the scenes. And you know what? This last-ditch effort of getting Homeland Security up into Portland is a good thing. If you're damaging buildings, you're damaging people, you need to be whisked off the street in an unmarked minivan and taken into jail. Because that is the law. And that is good. And that's not coloring law. Now, making people do things and gagging people, that's coloring law. Making people slaves to black robe Baalim, that's coloring law. Trump knows it, I know it, and now you know it. And this isn't about being, oh, oh, he supports President Trump. I don't vote because I'm not of this world. And I don't care if you vote, that's up to you. I made my decision a long time ago. And I can talk to you about it personally, offline, but not online. So this isn't about, you know, Democrat, Republican. One's evil and one's bad. I mean, it's, you know, same coin. It's a rotten coin toss, right? It's a rotten coin toss. Everybody's going to lose every time. They've been doing this for thousands of years. If you want to break down a society and you want to make people slaves, offer them two choices. They'll fight amongst themselves over the two choices. And in the meantime, we'll be the puppet masters behind the screen and we'll get to do everything while they bicker amongst themselves. I mean, come on. They've been doing this since the days of the Romans and the Grecians. It's called democracy. Last time I checked, this was a republic. <laughs> right? Can we, I'm an American, give me a break. See, they've changed the script on you, flipped it on you, tried to flip the script on you, not only with the scriptures, but also with the laws of this land. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Yahweh is going to cast us into the wilderness to begin our time of tribulation and purification from sin. What event is a foreshadowing of the time approaching when Yahweh will cast believers into the wilderness of Revelation 12 where he's going to purify us of sin so that we would be pleasing unto him? It's this current system of leadership 
that will institute such wicked abominations that Yahuwah will be forced to act. And that's what this current system of leadership is trying to do. They are trying, if, if Biden gets in, it's going to be fast tracked to the abominations. Fast track. If not, then we get a stay for a little while. But the fast track, it's going to force Yahuwah to act. And in so doing, he, listen, Yahuwah will, he will raise up a heathen army just like he did in the days of Jeremiah. If you push through such abominable acts and you try to make it law, i.e. color law, governors and mayors of municipalities, then it will become such an offense that Yahweh will be forced to raise up a heathen army, the UN and NATO, to bring them into the nation to judge the nation and pull his people out. That, I believe, is where we are at when we will see this heathen nation being raised up by the Most High using the United Nations and NATO in our streets to be his instrument of judgment and exile against the citizenry and backslidden followers that have fallen asleep in the pews of the church. Jeremiah chapter 16 verse 16, and Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. Turn there while I take a sip from our Mexican sponsor. Are you allowed to use the word Mexican, or is that racist nowadays? Is that okay? Are we sure? Uh, okay, because I mean, I wouldn't want to offend anybody. Ridiculous. Ridiculous world of libtards. They cannot critically think. It's like playing a game of chess with your eyes closed. You've got a bunch of pawns out there, and you're a king, and you're a queen, which is what we are, the kingdom of priests. Surround yourself with bishops, Surround yourself with knights because the pawns, they cannot critically think. They just go along with it. Oh, my goodness, that's racist. Oh, my goodness, you're a Nazi. Oh, my goodness, you don't support BLM. Oh, you've got to be. What grade did you leave school at? No critical thinking. And people get intimidated by it. Paul says, be all things to all people. Yahweh says, I will gather all from all nations. We know the truth. All means all. But they want to get into the small minds who can't think critically to divide, 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 fear, fear, fear. So nobody will stand. Yet when I look out and teach, I see a multi-ethnic group that gets the message. That gets the message. 
That's powerful. That's uniting under the kingdom of Yahuwah because Yahusha's life matters. That's the only life that matters. Otherwise, we'd all be dead in our sins. And if that offends you, good. Because what offends the kingdom of Yahuwah is when man divides man against man based upon his outward appearance. Because Yahuwah is not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of the Son who sits at the right hand, whose blood covers us all from sin and iniquity. And in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 16, we will now see who is going to be behind the NATO and UN in our streets. Behold, I will send for many fishes, saith Yahuwah, and they shall fish them. And after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rock. Why? Because Daniel's vision in Daniel chapter 7 is revealed in Revelation. So turn with me now to Daniel chapter 7. Jump into um, verse 7. I think it's around verse 7. We've got four kingdoms. Four kingdoms, okay? And ultimately, this is going to lead into the United Nations and NATO in our streets. Four kingdoms. Babylon, Media Persia, Greece, and then the Ottoman. There's your four kingdoms, Daniel chapter 7. Then you have, of course, with the four kingdoms, you've got your four represented by your four what? Beasts, right? Your four beasts. But the fourth beast is different from all that have come before, and the fourth beast has got ten horns. Ten horns. The first horn is Turkey. The second horn is Syria. The third horn is Lebanon. The fourth horn is Mitzrayim, Egypt. The fifth horn is Jordan. The sixth horn is Saudi Arabia, the seventh horn is Iran, the eighth horn is Mosul, the ninth horn Basra, the tenth horn Baghdad. But we got a problem. Three of those horns didn't take root. They were plucked. That leaves you seven. You see, the last three, Mosul, Basra, and Baghdad, they were established by the British in 1922. But they didn't take root. They were plucked. Three horns are plucked. Now, you go on to the 24th verse of Daniel chapter 7, and you find ten horns are ten kings. These are ten empires that controlled the Middle East. 
Number one, you had the Egyptian Empire. Number two, the Babylonian. Number three, the Assyrian. Number four, the Persian. Then you get to the fifth. You get the Grecian. But we got a problem there. Because remember, Alexander the Great, he kicked it pretty early, didn't he? And so therefore he divided up his kingdom amongst three generals. So within the Grecian, you have four horns, don't you? Then you have number six, you have the Roman. And then number seven, you have the Ottoman. But the Ottoman was really the eastern leg of the Roman Empire. You see? But the Ottoman Empire, it died, didn't it? It died from a deadly wound in 1920. I think it was just this week that they turned the Ecclesia Sophia back into a blooming mosque in Istanbul. It was a church. Then it was a mosque. Then it was a museum. Now it's a mosque again. Because you see, the Ottoman Empire died in 1920 from a deadly wound. And now... Under the cover of NATO and the United Nations. And the color of law, Sharia, and violations of the United States Code. You are having a revival of the Ottoman Empire that is going to be able to come into America under the color of law and order. And that's what they're going to move towards. You see, the Ottoman Empire died from a deadly head wound in 1920 and is now being revived under the globalists as a jihadi arm of Islam. You have the seven heads. You have ten kings infiltrating our cities under the guise of BLM and soon a multinational NATO UN force as they defund the police across the nation. And it's all going to be a conspiracy under color of law in violation of Title 18, Section 242 and 241. And the masses are bowing down before all executive orders, bowing down before all municipalities, bowing down before ordinances and statutes that are against the federal government. So when the federal government is sent into our cities, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. And when people are thrown in the back of minivans because they are destroying federal property, that is a good thing. But they're flipping the script on you because they're lawless. Because they're black robe prophets of Baal. And they're making it up on the seas of conspiracy.
In Revelation chapter 17, verse 10, you have seven kings. Five have fallen. One is Rome of John's day. One is, which is the Rome of John's day. And the seventh is a globalist, ignited, Islamic, NATO, UN hybrid operating in the next 13 weeks under color of law, Sharia, and the DNC. And the eighth is revived from the seventh. It's some heavy stuff. If you have ears to hear and eyes to see what I'm saying. This is some heavy stuff. And I'm not fear-mongering here. I mean, I can go home and eat tea and toast if you want. I mean, I can. Pretend everything's going to be just hunky-dory. It's going to be fine for me and you of strong, stout faith. Because my Redeemer lives. But you're going to be jostled around. They're going to try and hit you with shoulder and side because they're a bunch of goats masquerading as sheep. They've lost their humanity. But we are the sheep of Yahweh's pasture. But when they dig you shoulder and side, what are you going to do? Run to mummy. No, you run to our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Let Zion descend right now into my life so that I can endure these next five minutes. That's all I need to do. Calm my heart rate down. Get my voice in order. Bring it down. I'm preaching to my, my own choir right here, aren't I? So that I can communicate. Because they're going to try and make you afraid. They're going to try and intimidate you. And they're going to try and make you emotional. Because with each of those, you lose 20% of your ability to function as a fully empowered saint. That's why they try and do it. Intimidation, fear, and destabilization. It messes up your thinking. You've got to bring it down to have your wherewithal to be able to ask questions. Just ask questions. You ask questions. Flip the script. That's what Yahushua did. Just stay calm. Just ask the questions. Why aren't you wearing a mask? Let me ask you a question. Why, why are you wearing one? And why did you knit it out of your grandma's bra? I mean, if it was really going to function, then wouldn't it be authorized like, you know, I don't make my own fire extinguishers because they work. 
I don't make oxygen tanks for deep sea divers. They come from an official body. They are tested and stamped because they work. If something was going to legitimately be scientific, you wouldn't be able to make it out of your grandmother's underwear at home. I see people walking around with tea cozies over their face. And half the time they're pulled down and you're all like, all like all this and trying to serve me food, all like, and you're like, disgusting. I'd rather have the person over there that has got no gloves on, that has washed their hands and is using common sense and hygiene rather than the lemming, the pawn that is all like, oh, 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 yeah, I've got gloves on, I've been scratching my backside and I've worn them to take out the trash, um, clean other people's tables and um, yes, now how can I serve you? I'm like, these people are insane. They have got no sense of logic and reason. They are literally the foot soldiers that will do the dirty work without thinking. They are low-level functioning humans. They're pawns. And the masses are pawns. They have very limited critical thinking. They can't, they can't, well, well, they don't have a solution for you, right? Well, no, this is what we've been told to do. Well, this is what we've been told to do. Well, this is what, yeah, I know, you've said that three times. Is, isn't, isn't there a, a way that we can kind of work with this that's going to be healthy and beneficial for us all? No, because they can't, they're not kings, they're not queens. They're just pawns. That's why they've been put out front before you all. That's all you're seeing. But in the background, behind the defenses is the queen who can move anywhere, anywhere. And the king that stands strong and he only has to move a few spaces because the queen is moving and doing all the work and he's got his bishops and his knights. The pawns are going to be dead by December. They're the first to go to the FEMA camps. So stand back and watch the glory of Yahuwah. And I'll see you when the smoke clears. Pretty crazy times, huh? The conspirators are using all their high-placed positions, high offices within all realms to bring down a sitting president. And we're living in those days. Who would have thought it? I mean, I don't care what side of the aisle you're at on politics. It's crazy to be trying to bring down a sitting president. I don't care if you like Trump or don't. It should terrify you that people are doing that in a supposedly developed Western nation. It's called a coup. That should bother you, even if you are the staunchest Democrat. That should bother you. But it doesn't.
because they're unable to think and function at a high level. Unable to. Ill-equipped. They have been trained since childhood. Sit down. You don't go to lunch until the bell rings. Everybody come together when the whistle blows. They've been training you in the public re-education camps. I love getting together with homeschool children. You blow a whistle and they're like, what the heck is that? Lunchtime? <laughs> it's lunchtime all the time. Playtime? What do you mean? We play whenever. We're in the middle of an online Zoom lesson for, for algebra. All right. Oh, okay. I see a bird outside. Just going to get the air rifle. Be right back. You know, I mean, it's just like a whole different world. Sorry, I don't mean to expose you some here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But they, they've got the, you see? That's why they hate the nuclear family. Because the nuclear family are critical thinkers. They sit down and they eat together. They pray together. They work out their conflicts together. And they love one another in spite of their differences. And they pray together before bed. And they wake up every morning and they give glory to Yahuwah Most High. And when they kneel, they kneel before their creator God. That's the America that I know. That's the hope that we have. In verse 2 we see, And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpists playing with their harps. And they sang, as it were, a renewed song before the throne and before the four creatures and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000. It's of a specific frequency. Everybody's going to get their nut blown with all this mask-wearing oxygen deprivation, 17.5% oxygen flow, after a year of wearing all that stuff, their immune system is going to be so dysfunctional. They, those pawns are going to be gone in the first wave. Get out there and exercise. Breathe. Eat healthy. Take vitamins. Live, pray, love. Be free. You are free and free indeed. You start restricting the human and the human begins to implode just like a plant that isn't watered and left in the dark. But they get used to it. The human body is pretty amazing. It will get used to living in an oxygen-deprived situation. And then, when, then, when they let it rip, it will have no immunity left because it has been broken down. And the next thing you know, there's going to be this uptick on all these lung and bronchial problems. And then guess what they'll put to it? COVID-19. Well, they won't actually tell you what got your lungs into such a messed up state. Because you were walking around, you were jogging, you were in your car protecting yourself from your own breath. You absolute banana boats that cannot critically think.
It's terribly sad to me. Let me adjust that again. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Just to sit back and watch it all. Like, wow. And then they pretend that they're actually woke and intellectuals and smart and know something. And you're like, wow. Sheep to the slaughter. Which what we discovered the other week, what does that mean? COVID-19, right? We live in amazing times. Verse 4, these are those, though, who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins, they are pure. This is a time for us to do an inward accounting, is it not? Check our inventory on our holiness. In the way we think, in the way we act, in the way we talk, what we put into our bodies, and how we live our lives. Because these are those who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits of Yahuwah, and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne. And I saw another heavenly angel fly in the midst of the heavens, having the everlasting gospel to proclaim to them that dwell in the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, verse 7, Fear Yahweh and give praise to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him that made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the fountains of the waters. And there followed another heavenly angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. I never thought I would see the day where all nations would capitulate to stupid. I never thought I would see the day where they're all drinking the Kool-Aid. The capital city of the final apostate civilization, economically, politically, and religiously, in defiance and opposition to Yahuwah. This cup is a cup of sensual delight, and it will turn out to be full of Yahuwah's wrath. You sow fruit to the flesh and you will find out that it will be a cup of Yahuwah's wrath. Behind all of this is the seven trumpet plagues and in the immediate future you see the seven bowl plagues. We are in a spectacular time. A spectacular time. We're being bent. We're being shaped. We're being forged in the furnace of the nations. Contorted. I mean, absolutely contorted to a point. But Yahweh's going to pluck us out. But those that don't heed the call of the Lamb, they will be contorted further in the furnace. They will not be plucked out. You see, in a furnace... Yahweh will put us all. 
Just like he did the children in Babylon. But the ones that are his will have the lamb next to them. And he'll pull them out. And he'll have molded them into perfect vessels fit for his tabernacle. But the rest, he'll leave in the furnace of his wrath and destruction where they will find themselves in irreversible hostility to Yahuwah. Yahuwah's wrath is not human emotion, but a divine settled reaction. He's not being emotional about this. This is his divine settled reaction. That's why it's so terrible. Because if Yahuwah's being emotional about this, then his emotion could relent. But no, Yahuwah has weighed it. He's balanced it. It's not an emotional thing. It is what must be done. If you are in hostility to Yahuwah, then you must be left in the furnace to destruction. Wrath born out of emotion, it can wax. It can wane. It can even stall and be put out. But divine wrath, born out of a settled reaction, it escalates, it accelerates, it mushrooms into this crazy apocalyptic and eschatological proportions that we are going to see in the next season of our life. It's pitiless. It's measured. And it's going to be a response to their heathenism and godlessness. But he's going to pull us out before all of that comes to pass. And we will get to watch as the pawns are decimated before our eyes. And it will be sad. There's going to be a wiping of the chessboard as the kings, the queens, are laid back and taken into a place of safety. Taken into a place of safety. Verse 9, and a third heavenly angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worships the beast and his image and receives his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of Yahuwah, which is poured out without mixture. Look at verse 10, which is poured out without mixture. That's not a very good translation into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy heavenly angels and in the presence of the Lamb. You see, Paul encapsulates this moment perfectly in Romans chapter 1, verse 18. He says, For the wrath of Yahuwah is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Doesn't he just encapsulate that just perfectly? You see, any interpretation of the New Testament gospel 
that doesn't include the wrath of Yahuwah is a thinned-down apocalyptic message. And I can't stand it. Because the wrath of Yahuwah is part of the gospel message. Look in verse 10 of chapter 14 of Revelation. It says, which is poured out without mixture. But really, a better translation would be mixed unmixed. Well, that doesn't make sense, but it does. It does. It's literally interpreted. That's how it would read. It is mixed unmixed. You see... It was the custom at the time to mix wine with herbs and spices to make it more palatable. Right? That makes sense. To mix wine became an idiom for to pour wine. So here, Yahuwah's wrath is unmixed, meaning it's undiluted. It's going to be drunk full strength. That's what's communicated. It's going to be drunk full strength. You're going to choke it down. Psalm 75 verse 8. For in the hand of Yahuwah there is a cup and the wine is red. It is full of mixture and he poureth out of the same but the dregs thereof all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. Mixed, unmixed, full strength, no mercy. Look at verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. It is no coincidence that while the nations have been on lockdown, small businesses are going under, people can't get unemployment, yet we have got Amazon, Zuckerberg, and of course, Elon Musk cashing in big time, making money bank like they've never done before, because right here, there's going to be no arrest. Because when there's a glitch... To Elon Musk's Neuralink. When they try to do that Neuralink update, just like they sometimes do on a Mac update, and there's a bug or a glitch that goes away, it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad, that Neuralink vaccine glitch, that Neuralink vaccine or luminescence glitch that they'll put on their hands so that you can go into a grocery store. They'll try to self-slaughter and they won't even be able to do that. They won't even be able to do that. And here is the endurance of the Israelite saints. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm trying to train us to have endurance and not be worn down by all of this and to give you an end goal of hope. Just like in the days of Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, saith Yahweh. 
plans of a hope and a future. And we have that, and it is bringing Zion down. The kingdom of heaven is going to come down, and we are going to live for a thousand years, and we are going to walk into the kingdom. But you have to be able to endure when you see some bad stuff going down around you. Be the gray man. Have the endurance. Get ready because Yahweh has his hand on us. We are going to be in the furnace with those in the nations. But he has a different purpose for us. So do not get scared when you're in the furnace and being bent and molded. It's so he can pull you out and you'll be transformed into a perfect vessel fit for the king. He's going to leave the rest of the pawns in there for destruction because they are drinking of another cup. It's the division between the wheat and the tares. And all of this must come to pass. And it's going to come to pass in our generation. This is the time of the saints. And here is the endurance of the Israelite saints. Here are those that guard the commandments of Yahuwah and have the faith in Yahushua. And I heard a voice from the Shamayim saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in Yahuwah from this time forward. Yes, says the Ruach, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. And I looked and see a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like the Ben-Adam, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. It's the sickle harvest. It's a division. And another heavenly angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle into the earth, and the earth was reaped. That's all, all nations reaped. And another heavenly angel came out of the temple that is in the heavens. It's not in the Zion of the Zionists or the Zionists in the Middle East. No, it's a heavenly temple. He also having a sharp sickle. And another heavenly angel came out from the altar, verse 18, who had power over fire and cried with a loud voice to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. And the heavenly Malak thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of Yahuwah. And the winepress was trodden outside the city and the blood came up the winepress even to the horse's bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. These days that we live in are stupid. But you've got to be able to endure to the end. We have a hope. We have a future. Do not be dismayed, but be prepared. 
Because if you know what's coming down the road, then you won't be anxious. And you'll go, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to be pulled out of this and go into the wilderness. It may feel hot right now, but it's because I'm being molded. I'm being transformed. It's tough, but it's pretty exciting. Calm it down. Get clarity. You're laughing because you know that I'm preaching to myself as well, right, don't you? It's a work in progress. Calm it down. Man, I do run hot, don't I? See? I see what you got to say on the chat. Oh, my goodness. It's always fun on the Sabbath. It's always fun on the Sabbath. Let me get my spectacles. I'll stop right there. What did you say about testicles? You know where testicles come from? I think I told you this the other week. Not where they come from, but, you know, when they, the, the English word testicles is because you would grab, you would grab that area to testify. To testify, right? It was part of testifying. You remember oftentimes in the, in, in the Tanakh, you'd see they grab the inside of the thigh in testifying to something. So that's where it came. All right. Oh, I got Shiloh. I got my man in the van. And he says what? He says, are the Cataloco NATO BLM riots of today from Mr. Lead from behind Obama and Masonic Knight Soros still the same planned color revolutions that were for Europe and the Middle East as well? Well, you know more than me, Mr. Man in the Van, Shiloh. All right, let's make sure I got the live chat on properly. Live chat, yes. Yashub! Shabbat Shalom, Yashub! He is our man from Austria. He says, who would the anti-Messiah be? Obama or Mahdi? Mahdi was prophesied as the second coming of Muhammad in Islam. It would be related to the Ottoman Empire being the healed empire. From the seventh come the eighth, a revived empire. Yes, yes, Yashub. I think you're right on that. Um... All right, Chris from FEMA Region 4 at Torah to the Tribe. When is the Firearm Fellowship meet? We should do a Firearm Fellowship swap. That would be super fun, wouldn't it? Yes. I am well up for that. Diesel Grandpa up in Snohomish says, Our company doesn't and won't require employees to wear a mask. If the customer insists, we bang them over the head with a drain pipe and leave. No, he doesn't really say that, but he should. If the customer insists, employees can leave. If we can be denied service for no masks, we can deny for wearing masks. There's a man who's thinking. 
You are free, free indeed. Shabbat Shalom, Liz Rockwell. Liz Rockwell says, how would I be able to talk to you personally? My husband wants to talk to you one-on-one sometime. I have been watching you and connecting through Zoom meetings every week. Well, I am scheduled to be on the Shabbat Fellowship here soon. And right in the chat, we do have Tamra and Joshua on Shabbat Fellowship, so they can throw that up in the chat of when we can chat together on Shabbat with a nice cup of coffee. All right, I'm going to have a little sip here because I'm feeling a little thirsty. Forty-five Kimba. Of course, I gravitate towards the forty-five Kimba. Um, Matthew. After further investigation, the helicopter I saw in Terrebonne was more likely a NATO gunship marked with the Templar's cross. Uh huh. Yeah. Tell us some more about that forty-five Kimba. Give us some more hanging on the edge of the cliff here. That's what I'm saying. Much more truth. Give me something. How did you come up with the list of the horns for the areas in the Middle East? I was thinking it was going to be the UN's 10 regions from the whole world. Ooh. See? Iron sharpens iron. Let's keep Matthew's list. Let's have a look at Brandon's list. Let's compare notes together. All right. Catherine Maracesano. Maracesano. I just lost my son, who was a highly decorated Green Beret. Well, our condolences to you, sister. I am sorry for your loss. I have watched him go through hell from all the vaccines as well as PTSD. He shot himself. This stuff is real. See, that just breaks my heart. Abba Yahuwah, we just pray for our dear sister, Abba. Abba, you are there for the brokenhearted. And right now, everybody that's watching, we're just surrounding you, sister, in prayers and comfort. For Yahuwah heals the brokenhearted. And we just hope that you can feel our love for you in your time of need, in your time of mourning, for the loss of your son. And we, we thank Yahuwah for for you, and we thank Yahuwah for all those vets out there that have served and continue to serve. Abba, we just pray comfort on our dear sister Catherine right now. In Yahusha's mighty name, this stuff is real. Man, sobering. So sobering. So It's real, isn't it? This walk of ours is so real. Robin Elizabeth says, The Templar's cross is the swastika, and both are the pyramid flattened. Interesting, interesting. Truth Hurts says, through the fire, to be on fire. Yes. Now the Libby Tube, Shabbat Shalom Libby, down there in the southern areas of the Americas, formulating the DNA vaccine. 
That's what she's saying. Yeah, that's what they're doing here. Machiata, Shabbat Shalom, Machiata. He says they're burning of the tares and the threshing of the wheat. Exactly. Mm. If you want me to um, hit your chat or grab your question, then please redline me on the um, chat right here. And Julia says, bless you, brother, for your surrender and preaching, teaching the truth. So many are here for it and blessed by it. You guys are a blessing to me. I look forward to um, being able to teach, being a part of this ministry. And it's just such a part of my life experience. And I'm so faithful to the message because I know it to be true. And you know it to be true. And it becomes clearer and clearer all the time. Let's see what else we've got here. All right, Arts Greenhouse is asking, is there anyone down in San Juan, Puerto Rico? Where are you Israelites? Come on, raise up. Chris and Chelsea say, do you believe that the burning sulfur torment will be an actual symptom of taking the mark? Yes, I do. It's going to be like your veins are burning. Now, I had my varicose veins done before I was in Torah, um, and they did actually inject some stuff in that burnt the veins and collapsed them, and then they died, and then the body absorbed them. So I think that there'll be something like that, and it was extremely painful. I didn't know any different. I wouldn't do it now. So who knows what the heck they were injecting, right? This is a good question. Dinky Doodle 1000. How can we be a witness to the world by not wearing a mask? They think we are rebellious by asking questions and by walking in honor. There's a lot of people out there that are just following along as pawns and they need leadership. They need strength under control. They certainly don't need belligerence. But if that's not your battle, that's not your battle. I'm not saying that anybody, I respect all people. And you know, I say if somebody wants to come in right here, right in our midst right now, and they want to wear a big water bottle over their head, or they want to put their grandma's bra over their face, you know, whatever, you know, you do you, I'll do me. And I'm staying out of my grandma's lingerie drawer, okay? That's just me. But if that's you, you kinky git, then, you know, <laughs> I mean, half the time I'm looking at what these people have got strapped to their face, and this looks like they've been rummaging through grandma's undies. I'm like, where did you come up with that? And then they put some branding on it to try and make it tough, right? Like a skeleton. I'm like, so your, your mum's undies now has got a skeleton on them, and now you think you're a man? I mean, it's outrageous, isn't it? I love it that OSHA, right, you know, 
what, eight weeks ago on the OSHA website, it was like, um, if you enforce your employees to wear a mask and they test under 20% oxygen threshold, then as an employer, you must provide a oxygen apparatus for them so that they can work. If not, you will be visited by OSHA and thus fined. Oh, now it miraculously has disappeared because when you wear a mask at 17.5 oxygen deprivation, you are actually violating the OSHA rules, which now seem to have disappeared. Wow. Oh, but that's um, critical thinking. And that's racist. So you shouldn't do that. You're a Nazi. Did you not know? Did you not know? I mean, this is, this, is, this is the kind of stuff I have to listen to. I'm like, oh, oh, you mean because I'm, I'm white and I'm from England and I question and I like history? Hmm. Okay. Got it. Nuts. Um, Robin Elizabeth, off present day topic, well, not like I was on topic, but is it allowed to build a fire on Shabbat? Well, that is a good question. It does say do not kindle a fire on Shabbat. So there you have it. Now, you can look at that deeper and Arguments are kindling a fire. I think that's the better thing to do is not to have dissension and arguments on Shabbat. But then also, um, I don't think that's a question of, oh my goodness, um, I'm going to turn, keep the lights off and sit in the dark, or I'm not going to have a cup of tea. Because it does say you can't bake and boil too. I think it's all about preparing for the Sabbath ahead of time, you know. Because in the old days, you'd have to go out and gather a bunch of sticks like the guy did in the wilderness, which was high-handed rebellion. Then you'd have to be doing all this business, you know, to try and get the fire going. So, you know, um, our children asked last week, last Shabbat, actually, if they could build a fire up in the back pasture um, to go camping. And we said no. They had to wait till after Shabbat. Huh? Were we being too tyrannical, too literal. Ah, we like to play it safe. We like to, I rather, I rather walk within the boundaries of the word and be overcautious. Not religious, not pharisaical, but hey, that's just me. You do you, I'll do me. Huh? Chris Bagwell says, are you thinking we will not come back to the cities after we venture out for Sukkot, given your 12 to 13 week timeline? Or oh, now, now it's a timeline. Matthew is not thus prophesying, thus saith the Lord. Matthew is saying, thus saith what he thinketh concerning the UN and NATO and the crazy world that is happening around us. Because timelines tend to fail all the time. What I do know is we do have a planned election in 13 weeks, and it's going to be bananas any way you slice the cake. And they have and are really pushing the defunding. And I have seen a lot of homeland. I've seen a lot of troop movements 
and now we will have others that will throw up the red at Torah to the tribes of some of the weird stuff you have seen in your part of the world. Put me in the chat right now if you've seen black helicopters, troops, and weirdo stuff happening in your part of the world. Put it in the chat right now. Come on. I want to hear it because I can't be the only one that's seen. We already got some black helicopters. I've seen a lot of those lately. Oh, my goodness. All right, Kevin Niebling. Shiloh and I saw five war helicopters flying over my boat on the Columbia River a couple of months ago. There you go. Okay, good. Well, not good that they were flying over your boat. But, right, wait, I mean, light, the bell's gone off here. All right, what else we got? Much more truth says not yet, just a lot of jet fighters. Well, a lot of jet fighters. Somebody else, Chris Ariola says, but Oregon is very is a very messy state. It really is right now. My goodness. Hmm. Gabrielle Taylor. Anyone know what FEMA zone the state of Hawaii is 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 in? I think she says why unmarked transportation with Hurricane Douglas coming? Yeah, yeah. Um, Cairo Alexander, Shabbat Shalom, Cairo. I live in the epicenter next to the world's largest hospital. I have seen no one sick or anyone lined up to go in the hospital or any ambulance. What hospital, Cairo? Where are you at, mate? Good grief. And then we got Diesel Grandma. Diesel Grandma. Hello, Diesel Grandma. She's out there planting her garden, playing piano. Yes, to the troops in Seattle. Preparation for Seattle to burn tonight. Now, Diesel Grandpa and Diesel Grandma, they do have a lovely little spread, though. They're not in downtown Seattle, thank goodness. It's nice where they are. Um, open Your Eyes is seeing blue helicopters. Hawaii... Is FEMA zone doomed? That's from Chris, FEMA Region 4. Oh, yeah. And then Chris Ariola says, yes, underground too, plus Walmarts can be transformed to be a jail. Well, they've always kind of been a jail, haven't they? Every time I walk in there, I feel like I'm in jail, especially when there's everybody walking around in their pajamas. It feels very jailish, doesn't it? Um, Bethany Bankwell says, I live in between three military bases, but we have jets and helicopters nonstop all day, more than the normal. They are definitely ramping up. World of Vargas says, I hear a lot of helicopters flying here in Philly. In Philly, huh? Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty pressing over there in Philly. One just flew near me now, actually, as I'm typing. Kind of freaky, yeah, see? 
All right, Jim um, Gerdeson says, drove to the city to Walmart just to watch. They had an ambassador out front thinking all the sh thanking all the sheep for wearing the mask and protecting everyone. Oh, it's that's absolutely 1984, isn't it? And then Alyssa Crosswell says, the helicopters have military men hanging out the door with machine guns right above my house, and I live in a rural area. You see, the, the, you can't believe anything in the mainstream um, media. Um, Giant Killer says, what are your thoughts on voting on a local level? Just realize when you vote, you're contracting, okay? I don't contract unless I really want to contract, and I better read the whole contract, and I'm certainly not going to be contracting that type of thing. That's all you need to know. You decide. It comes with privileges and punishments. I'd rather not have the privileges because I don't want the punishments. That's just me, so I don't do it. Um, Forty-five Kimber. Matthew, find the books of thunder over the Okaho's Gale Oncto. It will bless you. You know what that is, Doug? I don't know. We'll have to look back on this one and find out. Hmm. Oh, you guys are busy today. Look at you. Look at you. Chris Ariola says, yes, yeah, she is a comet from Germany. She was working in London and she told me all. Okay, so that must be a response to somebody else's chat. I'll have to go back and read the chat later. It didn't make any sense at all, did it? Incoming asteroids. Any thoughts, says Drew. What? Well, come on, you're giving him a mic. Come on, you're nodding your head back there like a canary in a coal mine. I, I don't know about the asteroids. Tell me. Tell me about asteroids. I wouldn't mind a bit of asteroid action right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm not an expert on it. I've just. I've been seeing it more and more. And well, well, saying, what have you been seeing? Asteroids. In, well, in the predictions of incoming asteroids. Okay. Okay. And um, it's probably another. Whether you're a flat earther or not really isn't the issue with that. Whether you believe in asteroids that there will be a number of false flags um, occurring that will be blamed on asteroid things. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff out there about, uh, they may even do some nuclear um, bombing and blame it on this and that, and then that will be justification for, uh, come on in, be safe, blah, 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 you know that kind of thing like that. So that's part of what you and I were talking about earlier. This is another piece of it. Right. Okay. That okay. It's a way to, it's another level of unsettling that this whole thing is Again, going on. Just about just wearing, wearing down. Wearing it up and wearing us down. And wearing that's down. Exactly. So that's, that's it. In the midst of all this, as all this is going on, we have the hope. We have the future. We have the kingdom. And we can pray the kingdom down. And when you pray, you pray against unbelief that you would have belief. And of course, then that brings in the prophecies and the hope and the future. So this is really all of this that's going on. This has happened before. 
okay? It happened in the days of Jeremiah. It happened in the days of Paul. It happened in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu. And we have dealt with pharaohs. We have dealt with Nebuchadnezzar. And what I am saying is that as Yahweh used a heathen nation to come down, he is going to use a heathen United Nations and NATO to come down and bring forth the judgment. But in the midst of that, there's always Jeremiah's, there's always Daniel's, and there's always those that stand and will not bow and take the knee when the baseball gets thrown, when the football gets thrown, and when the music plays, they will stand and say, I only bow before Yahweh Elohim, the Elohim of Israel. And he is gathering all of us Israelites out of the nations. We are Joseph's co, a multinational, multi-ethnic group coming together. Don't let anyone divide you because it's the blood that covers us and cleanses us all of sin that we are one in Messiah. We are one nation. We are one people. And that gathering is a powerful phenomenon, a phenomenon that no beast system can unmask. So Shabbat Shalom. Give us some thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. And again, I hope to catch you live next Shabbat. Stay strong. Stay in the word. Stay in prayer and build up your spiritual man and woman. Shabbat Shalom.